I don't know why I like standing up here. Um, I don't know why Pastor swapped to being down there. So much better. I can actually see everyone better for whatever reason. Um. Uh, so, just so all of you know, today is the first day we are actually live streaming from the church. Um, I set that up for Deb, but she's here today. <laughs> so, uh, I did watch during the worship aspect, uh, right when we were starting, and there were a couple people tuned in at that point. So, people are looking. That's a good thing. Um, so, uh, today I have a message called Blast from the Past. Um, I wanted to make a really neat graphic of, like, back to the future and everything, and I was like, wait, that's copyright infringement. I can't do that. (laughs) Um, um, so, instead, I tried to dress a little more along the lines of the message, hence the Tupac shirt which, at the moment, it is really warm. <laughs> um, the primary scripture for today's message is coming from Ephesians 4, 17 through 22, or 32. Um, in chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians, uh, Paul has spoken of the change which God has brought about in our lives for our good and for his glory. In chapters 4 through 6, Paul exhorts us as Christians to carry out our calling as Christians. Our text 17 through 24 describes in very general terms the changes in our thinking and behavior which being in Christ requires of us. Um, Now I will attempt to read all of this. (laughs) Okay, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 17. So I tell you this and assist on it. In the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body, and your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with our own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. <sighs> that was a lot. <laughs> okay, so uh, we can take this whole section and actually break it down into four sections. Um, verses 17 through 19, Paul writes concerning our new relationship to the world in which we live. Verses 20 and 21, Paul reminds us that in coming to faith, in Christ, we learned a new way of life through Jesus, who is the truth. Verses 22 to 24, Paul describes a Christian's relationship to the flesh and our old way of life. Uh, kind of funny. Instead of putting life, I put file. <laughs> uh, verses 17 through 24 are general in nature. From verse 25 on, Paul gets very specific, describing the things that we shouldn't do, and what we must do in doing so, we conduct ourselves in accordance with our calling and Jesus' teachings. Mm. So for Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, I'm going to try and dive a bit more in depth into the four sections. So uh, starting at verse 17, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, and the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That sounds really selfish, doesn't it? Um, I know back in my past, I've been fairly selfish and... Um, never really thought much about it. Um, so, as we look at these verses, we need to remember what Paul has already said about our previous condition as unbelievers, which is in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, which I did not give Zach. Uh, so, as for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. Mm. So the, the way I have this, at least like my interpretation of it, so I guess you could call this Jose notes instead of cliff notes or something along those lines. Um, we were lifeless apart from Christ, which whenever we are non-believers, we really don't realize that. We're just kind of like, oh, we're going to go through life and everything is fine and dandy, not realizing that most of the time we're living in sin. Um, kind of like doing a everything is all about me, forget about you sort of mentality. Um, so we were walking according to the ways of the world and according to the lustful desires that are displayed to us so often. Um, I know Tracy and I don't really watch too much TV um, just because who knows what you're going to see. So um, every now and then there is a show that we like that we'll focus in on and watch, um, but we try and make sure that it has 
uh, good Christian standard and morals to it. Um, now that we have been born again in Christ, we have to, we have been raised from our dead state spiritually to newness of life. Because of this, we are to renounce the world and its dominion over us. This is what Paul urges us to do in these verses. We are slaves to our own fleshly desires, and as believers, we are to put off fleshly things and put on the things of the Spirit. Being born again is meant to reverse the way we once were apart from Christ. If we look at the second half of verse 17... Um, we can break this down just a little further. So the first section of the second half that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, um, faith in Christ demands a radical change. So we can no longer be the person that we were if we are in Christ. So the words no longer, which Paul emphasizes in this, means you have to stop doing it which seems fairly straightforward, blatant, but there are plenty of things that's like, ah, I don't want to give that up. Like, I don't want to give my coffee up. Pretty good. <laughs> Regardless of the adverse effects that whatever it is that we enjoy doing may have. So, um, so the words no longer indicate that the people Paul is addressing this letter to are now to renounce and reject the previous way of life and live in a way that glorifies God. This command also states our new relationship to the world. Once we're part of the world and alienated from God. Now as a believer in Christ, we are part of God's kingdom, but we are strangers to the world. So people might look at you like, ooh, you look a little funny. So, which... Um, from the youth group, uh, Cassie probably remembers the lesson we did on Weird. It was a huge series we did. I don't even remember how long we did that. But we emphasized a lot on embracing the fact that it's okay to be weird. And just because everyone else is doing something doesn't mean you have to. Um, there was a long conversation that I don't think I will ever forget which was about Jesus turning the other cheek, which we can have that conversation on the side sometime. But the teens, they enlightened me that day. <laughs> Fairly well. <laughs> okay, the statement made in verses 18 through 19 described the way we once walked, the way in which the world walks, and the way we must no longer walk. Mm. Now, Ephesians 4, 20 and 21, that, is it however or whoever? I have however. Oh, okay, it is however. <laughs> that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. This states that as we've learned about Jesus and his teachings, the ways of the world tend to conflict with what we are to be. This brings me to the shirt I'm wearing. Nice. Um, it's a collector's item, according to this right here. <laughs> so as a teenager, I was a bit rebellious. Um, 
I'm not sure if Tabby would agree with that or not. I think I, I kind of varied. Compared to my brothers, I was not rebellious at all. <laughs> I was <laughs> the good one. Um, but in my own right, I was rebellious. Um, and a lot of the influence I got was from music. And my favorite artist happened to be Tupac. Um, one of uh, my favorite songs by, by him was Me Against the World, which um, if you think about just the title alone, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. It fits in with Paul's teaching because you don't want to be of the world. You're kind of against it to a degree, but in reality, the lyrics that were emphasized throughout the song were completely horrible. <laughs> um, in the song, Tupac describes how he's against the world, constantly trying to make money while witnessing all sorts of extreme violence. Um, he happened to grow up around Baltimore, California, and New York with a lot of violence surrounding him. Um, while it's him against the world, it's him actually in the world just trying to get his own little piece of the pie and try and be, like, me-centered. Which many in the world are doing the same thing. It's a me-first mentality, and those unable to get ahead are completely out of luck. So I often think about what if the millions of people that actually heard his music, instead of hearing, like, all the negativity and focusing on me, 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 would have actually been able to listen to Jesus' message and to love one another and to care for one another, like the church was built up to be. Um, unfortunately, I don't believe Tupac went to church, even though he did have a really huge cross on his back tattooed. I thought that was always kind of cool as a kid. <laughs> um, so, and as you grow closer to Christ, you tend to put new clothes on. And I've gradually done that with my music as well. Um, I tend to listen a lot to Lecrae now. And Cassie listens a lot to Annie Minio. I am proud of the fact that I rubbed that off on her. <laughs> um, but in Lecrae's song, there's one called Rebel, which I think is off his third or fourth album titled Rebel. Um, he describes how he's rebelling against himself and culture and the ways of the world. Not because he wants to be like Tupac, even though Tupac was an influence to him early on, um, but because of the example that Jesus set forth. In his day and age, Jesus was the epitome of what a rebel stood for. If you like, really take into account everything that he was doing back at that time, yeah, he was a rebel. He wasn't fitting in at all. It's like the Pharisees would say, do this. He'd be like, I'm going to do this because this is what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. So rather than having the mindset of me against the world, Jesus wanted everyone to love each other and to follow God above all. Mm. In Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, 
we have, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness. In verses 17 through 19, Paul instructed us to turn from the influences of culture. Now in verses 22 through 24, Paul turns to the subject of our flesh, urging us to update our minds from the version 1.0 up to 2.0. Nothing like an upgrade in life, right? (laughs) Uh, We are to think of things in the way that Christ would... Oh, I should have put a comma there. (laughs) We are to think of things in the way that Christ would, not in the way that we're accustomed to doing. So, I have to take this shirt off. One, because it's getting warm. Can you meet me, Cassie? Thank you. And two, I guess I should put the microphone back on. Am I on? Am I good? Cool. Okay. And two, this is no longer who I am. So I'm going to read the rest of Ephesians 4. And ask that, as I read through the last section of this chapter, that you open your hearts and think of the things that may apply to you. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, I know it's hard to break old habits. Um, We are all creatures of habit, and we like doing the things we like doing. We don't like to let them go. Um, But I ask that you go home, you read Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, and then pray that God reveals an area that you're weak in and makes you aware of the areas that maybe you haven't been going along with in this. And then take and focus in on one thing. Because if you do all of them, you're going to be completely overloaded and you won't be able to do it. So read through it, and then 
focus in on one thing, and try and change that. Try and make that behavior reflect who you are in Christ, not just your old usual habit. Um, if I went through that whole list, I'd probably pick every single one for me. Uh, I'm sure there are instances where each one reflects. Um, but you can only do one little thing at a time to gradually change. And then as you get that one, go back through and read it again and see where else you need to work. Don't stop growing. Um, and then I want to leave you with one last verse. And I think this was a short sermon. Oh, no. Hmm, not bad. <laughs> I, I really thought that was, it was a lot shorter. Wow. So you guys are in trouble now because the shorter I think it is, the longer I'm going to talk. And I'm going to be like, pastor. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, I didn't get through my notes. Can I keep going? <laughs> okay, so the last verse I want to leave you with uh, deals with um, Elisha, not Elijah. J comes before S-H, that's how I remember it. Um, Elijah is running away from, I think, Queen Jezebel uh, because he pretty much took away all her prophets for Baal, which was a god that they prayed to. He's kind of like, whatever. Um, So he was running away, and God was like, well, why are you running? He's like, you're going in the wrong direction. I need you to go this way. So God gives him food, and he runs in the opposite direction again. And God's like, dude, get over here. <laughs> so finally, Elijah listens, um, and he goes, and he is going to um, take up an apprentice, Elisha. And what Elisha does is phenomenal Stupid, crazy, inspiring. <laughs> so in First Kings 19, 19 through 21, I probably didn't give this to you either. Nope, okay. <laughs> so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. I don't know how you say that. I'm just making this up. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now, who is willing to take everything you have and burn it? No one? Yeah, I wouldn't either. That's, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> but that's what Elisha did. And the reason he did it is because he didn't want to go back to his old way of life. Um, there's a book I've been reading called All In. Um, I forget who the author is. Um, a lot of the times I think he's a little nuts. But I 
read the book, try and pick up what I can from it. And the thing I never thought about was the fact that Elijah did it because it was his moment to say, okay, I am all in. I am completely for this. I am going to follow Elijah. And to me, that's just baffling, crazy, and inspiring. Because for someone to take everything that they have and be like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of this because this is my old way of life. And now I'm going to follow Elijah and his teachings to follow God. And really, that's what we are all called to do. Um, extremely difficult in some circumstances. and others, it may be a little easier, like giving up chicken curry. Hmm. I don't know, that one might be a rough one. <laughs> but there are different things that we can take and pick up and apply from Elisha's example. So with that, we can stand. Okay. And let us pray. Uh, God, thank you for um, the decent roads. Um, they could always be better, but they could always be worse. Um, please allow us to see the positive things that you give to us and help us to be more like you and be able to just walk in your ways and treat each other the way that you would want to treat us or that you do treat us. Hmm. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.